That was When It's Only Me and the Music by Gem and the Holograms. This is KMEL on your FM dial. We'll be back after these messages. And then his voice changes. He's like, well, how'd I do? Hello and welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight and I'm joined by science fiction writer K. Tempest Bradford while our friend Aline Sims is off for the week. In Season 2, Episode 15, K-Gem, radio station KMEL is about to be shut down after years of being on the air. Gem makes a deal with the station owner, Elzer Marcus, offering to turn it into a college-run station funded by Starlight Music. A rival media mogul named Adrian Lassiter is determined to buy the station at any cost and spoils its opening broadcast by hiring the Misfits to air a concert on a pirate signal. The signal source has to be found in order to reclaim the channel before all the sponsors pull out. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. All right, episode 41, written by returning writer Christy Marks. Everybody loves it when Christy writes the episode. Do they? She generally tends to write some of the better episodes. Most people. Yeah, most people like it. I do. Well, this week, we open with Dance giving a workout session to the Starlight Girls. After warming up, Dance requests that one of the girls turn on the radio to find some music but an argument breaks out when they can't decide what station to tune into. And right at the beginning of this episode, we get a Gem and the Holograms music video, which is actually a repeat song called When It's Only Me and the Music. And I just wanted to say something before we talk about the video. I don't know about you, Tempest, but I'm not a big fan of music videos and or songs that get thrown in right at the beginning of the episode. It just seems a little abrupt before anything has been set up. Well, sometimes, but in this case, the entire episode is about radio stuff. So they're listening to the radio. It it thematically fits in. Oh, it fits. It definitely does fit. It just seems a bit odd. And so we're just diving in. Look, this show is about the music, man. It's about the music. Yeah, and speaking of music, we actually get to see Dance and some of the Starlight Girls flying through the air on musical symbols. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Look, I like the original <laughs> version of this video with Dance dancing amongst the planets right. and the stars and stuff. That's actually pretty cool. I think, actually, this the song... They added a little bit of extra something to the actual music of the song to make it a little longer, I oh. think. Um, I'm not entirely sure about that, but that's okay. what it seemed to me when I was just listening to it. But I don't like this music video. First of all, I don't know what kind of dance recital the Starlight Girls are preparing for, but this dance looks awful. And it's also all over the place. There's like, you know, some of it is them dancing around and that's okay, but then there's like doves and rainbows and then dance is jumping out of windows and then the starlight girls are jumping out of windows like there's all this like weird stuff going on and none of the really cool stuff that we usually get when dance is dancing in a music video so yeah i was meh about the video i was however finding it super hilarious that the starlight girls were arguing over like their favorite radio station i'm like oh i remember radio (laughs) Mm -hmm. i remember when i was like I had a definite radio station that I wanted to listen to in the car that that the adults were like, I don't want to listen to Q102 for another. Same with me. Same know, with me. 10 hours. Yeah, that, I mean, back in the day, I mean, back in the 80s and all throughout the 90s, I mean, radio, more so maybe in the 90s. Uh, but like when I was in high school, radio and music was a big thing. And that was often how you ended up discovering new bands uh you know in addition i'm sure to music tv like you know mtv in the united states and of course in canada we had much music which was a similar sort of idea uh where you would have these people introducing these music videos and they would do interviews with bands and all these special appearances so it was a really interesting time 
for music. I mean, regardless of, of whether or not you liked the stuff that was actually, you know, on the radio at the time. And obviously a lot of it was more mainstream, but still it was such a big part of people's lives. And actually for this video, I actually like that dance makes an appearance in this again, uh, even though it's, it is a repeat song, because like you said, Tempest, we did see her in the original video for this, which I, I actually kind of prefer the original video more than this one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it's funny because so much of this episode is, is very concerned with like things that were going on at that time in music. I mean, the whole gem and the hologram show is made possible by MTV, right? It's like really geared toward the whole idea of the MTV generation of people getting their music from and, and having music videos and having music videos in art form. Like that's all of like the entire reason why the show exists. Right. But then you have this whole thing with, you know, the, the fighting over, which is the best radio station and nobody, this is that radio station. I was like, Oh man, I just, I do. I do remember that. Although it was a really short period in my childhood when radio was actually the primary thing, not only because MTV was new because it was, but also because my mother refused to let me watch MTV until I was like 10. I watched it before I was 10, of course, but my mother did not know about that. But before that, she refused to let me watch it. And But there did come a time where MTV was like my sole means of finding out about music and the sole reason why I went out and bought things. Mm. Care to elaborate on why she did not allow you to watch it? Was it just because some of the music videos had mature content? No, it was because there were no black people on MTV. Ah. Yeah. yeah. And and only after Michael Jackson had been on MTV for a while did she let me watch MTV. But initially she was like, no, you're not allowed to watch MTV. And I didn't really get it as a kid. I'm like, whatever, I'm watching it anyway because my parents said no. But yeah, that was that was the whole reason. She was like, there are no black mm. people on MTV. So you can't watch it because that's messed up. And it was. Yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't correct that to until much later. I mean, much actually much music. I'm just trying to remember now. It considering that I can't remember them having any black hosts that doesn't bode well for that show for that for that program. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what happened to MTV? Are they, are they even around? MTV still exists, but it is not music television. I don't think I've seen a mm -hmm. video on MTV. It's <laughs> <laughs> what they, uh, they call in the, uh, the business world, pivot. Yeah, they pivoted. I mean, there's MTV too, which I think they still play music on, maybe. Sure. Well, they just but become, I think MTV so. MTV is reality shows and nonsense well they become so ir irrelevant now because now we tend to source our music videos and music a lot from youtube and youtube has not only you know indie artists but you know big name artists that are just you know making videos and and they they end up directly on youtube now and i'm sure some of it ends up on tv as well but that's just getting less and less and at some point that's that's all gonna go away so but anyways we're we're getting sidetracked here so after the a little bit <laughs> <laughs> after the music video we get a glimpse into the uh the kmel studio where we see mondo and he says that was <laughs> i have to pull this quote because it's, it's just funny he says in his uh, sort of radio broadcaster voice he says that was When It's Only Me and the Music by Gem and the Holograms. This is KMEL on your FM dial. We'll be back after these messages. And then his voice changes. He's like, well, how'd I do? <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. He was doing his radio announcer voice. Right, but it's so vastly different from his normal voice. It's just kind of jarring. But anyways... Elzer Marcus, the owner of radio station KMEL, is disappointed when his senior DJ and engineer decide to leave for a rival radio station after they're offered a salary that's three times that of what KMEL can provide. 
After the two men leave, a somewhat unsavory-looking man confronts Elzer with an offer from an anonymous buyer to purchase KMEL. That dude, wait a minute, (laughs) that dude literally looked like a witch, picked a rat up out of the sewer, waved her wand, and turned him into a dude. Oh, absolutely. That's what that guy looks like. (laughs) And that ridiculous pencil-thin mustache. I mean, nobody can trust a man with a pencil-thin mustache. It's true. Well, unfortunately for Elzer, the offer is barely enough to compensate him for the mountain of bills he's been collecting. The prospective buyer claims nobody would want the, quote, worthless little station anyway, so it's either he takes the deal or risk going bankrupt. Feeling pressured to sell, Elzer's students try to prevent him from signing the contract as they offer to help him find someone who can pay the bills. Elzer gives Mondo until tonight before he signs off the air for good to find a new to find a new prospective buyer. That is an unusually short period of time. I mean, I don't know yeah, how they're going to make this happen. move fast in the business world of Gem and the Holograms. You know, you he's have leaving to, this up to like, college students. <laughs> right, like you have to put t- the video together in a week. You have to right. bring together the Taps Tucker band in 18 hours. You know, it's like things, things move fast because sure. you can't, Nobody can wait till tomorrow for things. That's just that's all I'm saying. Oh uh, well, this is. I mean, from what what we've seen in the past, I mean, a lot of those contests were what like several days, maybe a week. But this, I've never seen them. You know, have like time the tap span. The Tucker of... thing was twenty four hours. Was it okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this isn't even twenty four hours. This is totally absurd. But anyways, we'll be getting to that. Eric Raymond is shilling the misfits to the head of KBST, Adrian Lassiter, to try and convince the station to give the band more airtime for their music, more interviews, and promotion. Jenna mentions that she's personal friends with the royal family. However, that doesn't seem to work when Adrian tells her that he's entertained the royal family on his yacht and they failed to mention her name. So first of all, I do not believe him. I do, why would the royal family even have done business right. with some dude who owns a radio station that in America? That makes no sense whatsoever, unless he's like, Howard Stern. Right. Lit- and I don't think the royal family would hang out with no, Howard Stern. No. But literally, Jetta has a better chance of knowing Charles and Di and Andrew and Fergie <laughs> than this dude. I'm just saying. Yeah. As a last-ditch effort, Eric offers to pay KBST for every time they play a Misfits song. I can only assume that money is coming directly from Pizzazz, because Eric seems broke every time. Well, that's every true. Time it, it probably is coming from Pizzazz. Maybe, you know, from some ill-gotten, strange the, the Raymond crime family. item in the... Maybe it's the Raymond Crime family, but I think it's like some random line item in the Misfits music budget for Paola. Because, Maybe so. I mean, because that's what this is. Um, I remember listening to the the DVD commentary for this episode and uh, Christy Marsh was talking about how this was a big deal around this time in the 80s. The whole because people like went to jail for this, for payola, because um, you're not supposed to do that. You're not no. supposed to take money for playing one artist more than you pay right. other. You play other artists. And so, um, yeah, I. There was somebody like super famous who wrote an autobiography where they talked about how they were arrested for Paola because it was going on at their station. But he's he claimed they he didn't ever do it. And I don't care remember who that is. But anyway, so, yeah, it was a big deal around this time, the whole Paola scheme. And of course, the guy's like, hey, yeah, Paola, give me money. I'll play the Misfits more. Nah. Yeah. And just as an aside, I mean, going back to what you were saying earlier, Tempest, I mean, obviously the, the stuff that's happening in this radio, I mean, obviously short of the, the silly pirate broadcast uh, jamming stuff, but some of the stuff that's in this episode is obviously very much of the time, like you were saying, the, with the payola stuff and, and favoriting one band over, over another. So that's kind of cool. Even yeah, though Christy I mean, was being really relevant. With this one, which yeah, I but I mean that would have been totally <laughs> lost on on kids. But I'm sure some part of her probably thought, well, you know, hey. some parents would probably appreciate it if if they're tuning in and watching it with their kids. Well, hey, 
kid, I mean, as a kid, I just remember thinking like, oh, really? Radio stations would do that? That's why they always play Madonna and not enough Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm-hmm. Now I know. Maybe so. There was some kind wrong. of conspiracy there. I'm not going to listen to KIMM radio anymore. <laughs> there was there was a radio station in Denver, probably still there, called KIMM when I was a little kid. And I used to have a lot of their merchandise. Adrian Lasseter's hired goon returns to give him the bad news that Elzer Marcus has given a group of students until the end of the day to secure a new financial backer. Adrian is not pleased and explains why he has a personal vendetta against Elzer Marcus. It turns out Adrian worked for him in the past, but was fired when they didn't see eye to eye with respect to how the business was run. I just want to throw this out there, but if he's built a successful radio station, which it appears Adrian Lasseter has, why does he care about this other guy? This guy already has a struggling radio station. Well. I think that Christy Marks really feels that the mark of a bad person is their inability to let go of their grudges. Hmm. Pizzazz can't let go. Pizzazz does anything and everything to get back Gemma Holland's grams, even when they're not really involved in things. Yes. Like, remember that episode where she messed up the garbage scow just because she was like, well, this might go bad, but I'm just going to make sure it goes bad. Like, there was no reason for her to do that. Right, right. But she did it anyway. You know, she's always like competing with Jim, even though she doesn't necessarily need to. So I feel like like that's Christy Marx's thing. Like when she when she constructs an antagonist, that's sort of the core of it. It's kind of like the way J.K. Rowling feels that like at the core of every evil person is a horrible hypocrite. You know, like have you ever noticed that about most of the Harry Potter antagonists? Like Voldemort is a huge hypocrite, right? Because he's always he runs around with the pure blood crowd and he's like talking about getting rid of the mudbloods or the half breads or the whatever, but he is a mudblood. Okay. Mm. And good point. Barty Barty Crouch Jr. like is is all up in arms about the people who didn't go to jail for Voldemort and how and how Voldemort should never have taken them back because they recanted him. But when Barty Crouch Jr., when he was a little kid and he was first caught and he was in the courtroom, he was like, It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I wasn't part of this. It wasn't me. Meanwhile, Bellatrix Lestrange was like, I will go to jail for the Dark Lord. But Barty Crouch Jr. like cried and whined and grabbed for his mama. And then later on, he was like, the others should have gone to jail like we did. Well, you didn't want to go to jail and you tried not to, Barty. So, yeah, I feel like this this is like a recurring theme in Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, it, it like is. What you, what you know that, that J.K. Rowling just feels like hypocrites are the worst. And so Christy Marks feels like people who can't let go of a grudge are the worst. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, I didn't I didn't quite catch on to that point, but I, I think that's... Uh, I think that's good, actually. It shows some consistency in her writing, whether you agree with that message or not. I mean, I, I also think that people who can't let go of grudges, you know, I mean, don't mm-hmm. take it that far. I mean, my grudge with people, I have lots of grudges with people. I don't let it go. But mostly it's just me going like, I don't want to spend time with that person. I don't want to be near that person. I'm not ruining their business. <laughs> sure, sure. I, ho- I should hope not. <laughs> I'm but, not like, I'm going to take away their engineer and their DJ and starve them out and grind them into the dust. Right. Well, when he's when Adrian's actually explaining to his, uh, his hired goon, who, by the way, they don't mention his name until much later on in the episode, which is annoying, but his name is Kite for some stupid reason. Uh, I don't know if that's a first name or a last name. It doesn't really matter anyway. But... Adrian actually says to Kite, why should we worry? What could these college kids do possibly before tonight? I think he's underestimating them. Those darn kids will just do anything. KMEL's student interns get together to brainstorm how they're going to find a new financial backer. Switch makes a suggestion that they approach Jem and the holograms since he went to school with Kimber and he knows her sister runs Starlight Music. There's some debate as to why they would help, as they only give money away for the publicity, like the Misfits. 
But Stitch tries to convince his friends that the holograms are just not like that. We haven't talked about the fact that this dude's name is actually Switch. Because it is. And once again, we have a person who's named after the thing that they do, which is switch some things at a radio station. I don't know. But, you know, it's just like, I bet he would probably date Rouge (laughs) if he was ever introduced to her. Um, But I like, you know, it's really cute that they're all sitting around like in the college like mess hall being like what do we do what do we do i'm just gonna grab this random copy of this magazine with gem's face on it on the front and back how much payola went into that i wonder right Mm. that's a great point we'll never know we'll never know at cloud nine restaurant jim and the holograms make an appearance to support rio getting his pilot license as well as to give Uh... a private show <laughs> Rio offers to show Jem the new Cessna he purchased, but when he does, two men interrupt and mock his plane. One of the guys laughs and points at him and says, Hey, you call that toy a plane? Now that is an airplane. And he points to an airplane that is like more than twice the size. So I think this might maybe be the First time on Gem and the Holograms that there's a dick measuring contest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rio has done a lot of whining and pouting and kicking things, but I feel like they have never quite just, like actually gone for the the dick size joke. Sure, because that's exactly what this is. Yes, yes, it is. And you know, regarding po- uh, the pilot license that Rio's getting here, am I wrong in thinking that we've seen him fly a plane before? No, no, we haven't. We saw no? okay. fake Bruce Springsteen fly a helicopter ah, and maybe Rio that's what was, it was very jealous. Right. So maybe Rio was like, maybe if I become a pilot, Jem will fly away with me and things and not fake Bruce Springsteen. I would not put it past him. Well, Switch drops by Cloud9, but is promptly turned away as the private event requires you to have a pilot license. After a failed attempt to climb the fence and a stern warning from security, McDuffie Airlines offers to help switch, and all it will cost is $50. They take him up hey in the kid, pl- <laughs> Come inside my giant penis. Yeah. And fly, fly away. They take him up in the plane, put a parachute on him, and kick him out. That seems awfully risky, but how hard how hard really can don't... be? Well, but here's the thing. I don't know how accurate all of this is because just because they were flying over the area doesn't mean that they could maybe be as precise as they were about right. when to kick him out of the plane and where. Well, not to mention and... that Stitch has absolute or sorry, Stitch. Switch has no experience skydiving. So right. How so, the I mean, hell? Doesn't it require a little bit of steering yeah. sometimes to get them to the right place? Exactly. And he doesn't, but he landed right on top of those ladies. Well, it was out of sheer luck, but not everything goes as smoothly as Switch would have liked uh, because we see Gem and the Holograms performing on stage as Switch comes crashing down onto it, putting the band in harm's way as a live electric wire comes loose and nearly kills Kimber. Uh, well, actually, it, d- it didn't come loose. He stepped on the wire and it snapped and it was two wires. So there were four right. okay, so... ends of live wires mm-hmm. and everybody should have been dead. Yeah. Well, they're really lucky here, but Rio calls the or gets somebody to call the power company to cut the power and while this is happening kimber recognizes her old schoolmate switch and she's just like there under lying on the floor on the stage under the parachute while the rest of the band they're you know they're trying to get the parachute off of her and they reminisce about old times how they used to skip out on study hall Seems like an odd, an awkward time to be reminiscing. Well, I mean, they couldn't come out from under the thingy because right. there are live wires everywhere. Sure, so they're while waiting for they the power. Yeah. to be rescued, they could catch up on old times. Sure. And I'm sure that they were like, oh, yeah, you're the best. 
Remember that time we mm. skipped out of the study hall and went and had sex in the girls' <laughs> locker room? That was the that was the time. Oh dear. Rio grabs Switch by the shirt, and boy, he is not happy in this situation, and just yells at him for nearly getting everyone killed. But Switch places the blame on McDuffie. Of course, that still doesn't explain why Switch is at the event, so he explains that KMEL is desperately needing help from Gem and the Holograms to back the station before rival KBSD buys it. Well, even though um, it, <laughs> you have something to add there? I mean, just, all right, sir, you just parachute yeah, in. Yeah, I know. Hey, I have a business proposition for you. It's crazy. Well, even though it's for a good cause to turn it into a college-run radio station, Jem turns Switch down as they have too many obligations already, which include the Starlight Foundation. And you know what? That's probably one of the few moments when Jem slash Jerrica is being realistic and acting like a CEO. Because, yeah, like, Starlight Music has one act, maybe two at this point. They have two acts. And they have to keep a foster girl mansion running. And sometimes they give all their money to Haven House for no good reason because they're always short on Monday. So like taking on a radio station does seem to be like a bit much, especially when it's just been sprung on you from a guy who fell out of the sky. Well, I think she's being fiscally responsible, possibly for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Later in the evening, Jerrica decides to tune in to KMEL to hear Elzer Marcus's final farewell, but she decides to take the rocking roadster out and changes into Jem while driving, which, by the way, is awfully risky, is it not, Tempest? It is, and also she made a random U-turn. Right, what, what was with the U-turn? If I don't even know. She was but, intending to go to the radio station first, then right. wouldn't she know the way? Right. Like, who knows what all that was about? But I will say this. Uh, the guy's farewell sign-off speech was actually a very moving one. And, you know, when he talked about radio's importance to, cult- to American culture, um, not only because it you know brings music and it brings news and whatever and and it's a vital part of the community but also how it's like a vital part of the first amendment free speech aspect of of what they do and so i was like oh i miss radio now i mean <laughs> not that radio's totally gone away or anything and there you know maybe it is not as listened to as previous but it's still around but you know his his impassioned speech for what makes radio important i think was like a really good thing because and and once again we have christy mark sitting here you know in a kids tv show trying to instill in kids the importance of radio and and other media like it um for all these reasons that maybe small children wouldn't necessarily get but it was still important to impart to them so i appreciated that yes i i, I really did appreciate that as well some as someone who grew up with radio and and who still loves radio and by the way like it it does seem like the importance of radio has been uh, maybe perceptually diminished in people's minds as you know as popular as podcasts are the reality is that the majority of people still listen to radio because it's so easy to just flip a switch and start listening to something. So so radio today in 2016 is still as important in my in my mind as it was back then because a lot of people do still primarily get the news of the day, you know, by I know plenty of people, family and friends that wake up and it's their morning ritual to to put on the radio and listen to whatever whatever radio station it is that they listen to, most mostly CBC here, uh, to find out what the hell is going on in the world. So I did appreciate that. And, and, and you're right, it was a kind of a touching speech. Elzer meets with Adrian Lassiter's mustached goon to sign the contract, but the initial buyout offer has been lowered by 10%. Out of desperation, Elzer decides he's going to sign the contract, but just in time, Jem walks in and tells him not to sign it. And Jem explains that she just left Jerrica Benton's office after they both looked over the books once more. Starlight Music is now in a position to make an offer. 
The offer is a partnership with Starlight Music, which entails the company paying KMEL's bills for as long as possible while the college students try to make it a success. So a couple of things about this. But the first thing I want to note is that, did you notice that when Jerrica turned into Jem, she she turned it, she put on Jem's business outfit. Because this is the outfit that Jem wears, but she's like, I'm going to go negotiate business. <laughs> yeah. Got wants to look a professional. Hat, a little pillbox hat. It's like all purple. And Why? I love that outfit. Why? <laughs> it's great. Anyway, um, but I I actually was wondering when I was watching this episode, like whether or not a record company forming a partnership with a radio station would be considered a conflict of interest somehow. That is a um, great point. You know, because I guess it could be construed as payola because they did say that they were going to, you know, play music and stuff. But since they wanted to turn it to a college radio station, but then wouldn't the college have to pay some money? Like, I'm I'm not real sure about the actual logistics of this. And I'm probably overthinking it because whatever, it's gem. Sure. But I just thought that was interesting that we had like the whole thing about payola that was sort of mentioned in the scene with the misfits. But then we have like Starlight Music will pay your bills. Play a gem in the hologram song. Well, I guess it could be construed as uh, a conflict of interest, but... I mean, the station, assuming that the the college students are given full autonomy as far as the programming is concerned. I mean, one of the students we find out later on, I mean, is uh, she becomes one of the girls in the group becomes the program director. So she's going to be the one responsible for a lot of the stuff that ends up on that station. And maybe they will play some gem, but they're going to play a lot of other stuff that not necessarily bands that would be allegedly well. Allegedly, but I can only assume they're going to play bands that are not necessarily part of Starlight Music's record label. Which bands those are? I have all no idea. All two of them. All, all two of them. Gem and the Holograms and the Fifth Avenue Boys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Kite, Adrian Laster's goon, threatens Elzer about how his plans to revive the station will never work. But Mondo kicks him out and slams the door on his face. Part of KME... You know, yeah, go ahead. it's really weird how that guy Mondo never takes his sunglasses off. It just creeped me out the entire time. Mm. You're creeped out more about the sunglasses than the pencil-thin mustache? Oh, wait. No, 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 no the Sorry, Mondo. Mondo, creepy. not kite. Right. Mondo, yeah. Like, the guy who's wearing the sunglasses, like, he never takes them off. Like, the first time we see him, you know, where he's mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, this is Gemini Holograms, blah, blah, blah. And then he's in the school cafeteria, and then he's in this scene, which is happening, like, at night. And he's never taken those sunglasses off. And you can never see through the lenses, which makes it even worse. Part of KMEL's revival and new team is to do a complete rebrand. So Switch and the other students come up with the name K-Gem. And Gem, of course, is honored because what else would she be? She's not going to be like, oh, I hate that publicity. Please change the name. It's silly that they have to change their call signs. They should have stayed KMEL. Right. I, I totally agree. Mel it's unnecessary. KGEM. Although it just, it's also really weird because when I first started watching this cartoon, I was living on the East Coast. Well, not actually the East Coast, but in the Eastern time zone. And in the East, all of our radio stations begin with W. But in the West, all the radio stations begin with K. Hmm. And... I kept being like, why is it K-Gem? Why isn't it W-Gem? W-Gem, but no, it had to be K-Gem. The next day, the new K-Gem sign goes up and Switch, the other students, as well as Elzer and the Holograms, discuss plans for the new content they'll be bringing to the radio station. That, I, I gotta say, that was an amazingly quick turnaround time to make a new sign. I mean, that's an impressive um, design company. I mean, Whoever made that. I guess. Maybe it wasn't the next day. I mean, we didn't really see how much time had passed. Well, Maybe it's been a week. That's true. I assumed it was the following day. I think it could have been up to a week. It man. could have been. It could have been. You're right. Uh, by the way, did you notice that in that in that scene uh, that Elzer actually says, "Let me show you how to cue up a record." Not something that was that, kind of hilarious, but you yeah, know, it's very much proper of the time. cueing of a record. Proper cueing of a record was very important. I remember being a little kid. 
being very careful to like count the number, like count where each of the songs start and be like, one, two, three, that's the song I'm going to listen to over and over again to my mother's great chagrin. Mm. I think it was the Whitney Houston album called Whitney that I spent a lot of time being like, one, two, love is a contact spot, just over and over. Nice. I thought they would have been playing CDs in the late 80s, but I could be wrong. I'm sure there were plenty of radio stations what? that still played no, records. No, no, no. No? No, no, no. I don't even, I, I won't say the CD wasn't invented because I don't remember when no, the CD it was. was invented. No, it was. It was around. Okay. But, but I'll tell you this. Nobody was using CDs at this time, certainly not radio stations, because those things were expensive and the things that play them were expensive. Because that was like the very beginning of like CD Ness. Um, yeah. Like, when did I get my first CD player? I had to have been in like the sixth or seventh grade. So like 11, 12 years old, maybe. Um, and that was when they were sort of mildly expensive, but right. not super expensive. So they had gotten a bit more mainstream at that point. It says, according to Wikipedia, the first commercial compact disc was produced on August 17, 1982. So that was quite before, quite a while before, Jim. But you're right. I mean, CDs, I don't think consumers were buying CDs until maybe the very late 80s. And this came out in, what, 87? So you're right. I mean, radio stations would have taken time to, like you said, I mean, buying new equipment's expensive. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're probably were fewer um, records actually being produced as CDs at that time. So it wouldn't have been worth it to them. Right. At Starlight Music, Shayna shows the artwork for a new KJM bumper sticker to Jerrica. After getting her approval, the holograms rush to the roof to see Rio flying overhead with a large KJM FM banner streaming behind him. And we see everybody Uh... cheering. Hate Rio. What is wrong with Rio promoting the radio station? There's nothing wrong with him promoting the Rio radio station. I just don't like Rio. I'm just mad that he's in <laughs> oh, this episode. Oh, we know that. We know that. Like, uh, Rio. Love him or hate him, he's here to stay, folks. At KBST, Adrian is furious that he hasn't been able to acquire rival radio station KMEL. He tells Kite that he doesn't want them on the air. Kite has a plan to use Eric Raymond and the Misfits in some way to sabotage KJM's revival. If Kite fails, he's out of a job. At Misfits Music, Eric and Kite shake hands on a deal to work together, though we don't know what the exact plan is just yet. Pizzazz runs in as the deal closes and is screaming at the top of her lungs. Eric tries to calm her down and explains everything is under control now that a plan is being formulated with Kite and KBST. Kite explains... So, yeah, go ahead. Did she, was Pizzazz angry because she had heard about KJM or was she just running into his I office I think she screaming? was just running in... <laughs> just angry in general that nothing is going right. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Right? She, just like, she just comes into Eric's office like... And yeah, I know. Like, mm-hmm, it's all right. Ah, That's pizzazz ah. for you. <laughs> yeah. Kite explains that the Misfits are going to play their own live concert directly opposite the opening KGM broadcast on a pirate radio frequency, though Kite doesn't actually divulge this to the Misfits at this point. All as far as they're well, as far as they know, they're just going to be playing a concert. Kite picks up the Misfits and they head to a special location to perform their concert, something he believes will keep people talking for a long, long time. Right, because they're going to be like, dang it, every time I turn on the radio, the Misfits are playing and I just hate them. So I turned it off, it crashed my car, and never (laughs) listened to any music again ever. Yeah. Live at the new KGM studio, Mondo gives Gem and the Holograms an introduction as they go on the air for the first time. At the secret studio location, Kite explains to the Misfits that when the lights turn green, they can begin playing. The band is hesitant and curious as to why they're at the isolated venue, but they end up complying with his request anyway. 
In the booth, we get to see Kite setting up the equipment to try and cut into the KGM live broadcast. Now, I, before I move on to the next scene here, did you have any indication that the location that they're playing in was completely unknown to the misfits because we don't we don't see them getting blindfolded or anything but it seems like like once they get into the the time gap between getting in the limo and arriving at the studio it seems like they have no idea where the hell they are no no no. they know but the audience isn't supposed to know and i noticed this when i was just doing when i was just re-watching because jetta says something like yeah, but it's a little weird to have a studio in a, and the guy cuts her off. And he's ah, like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And okay. I was like, oh, okay. So the audience isn't supposed to mm, know yet that is where good, they are. Good but detail. the misfits know. And I was like, oh, that's good. Because yeah, like you couldn't, it wouldn't make sense. Like th- there's no way that they could not know where they were. Sure. Considering all the stuff that they would have to deal with. Right. And we won't spoil it because we, we would be jumping ahead at this point, but even if they were blindfolded, I think you and I both know that, like you're saying, just from the sounds that you would pick up, you would know what has actually happened to you. Also, also, why is Jetta holding holding like a, a guitar? At one point, she's holding a guitar. I don't I didn't understand actually, it. I didn't notice that. Right, she's a, she's a saxophone player. That is indeed very strange. Just as Gem and the Holograms begin playing, their show is taken over by the sound of the Misfits' latest hit song being played over the PA system. I like, by the way, how they animated the the people outside at the concert just covering their ears. Like, it's so, so awful that they have to cover their ears, which is just complete BS. Because because we get this music video from the Misfits called Listen Up, which is a new song we have not heard before. That's right. And it's one of my favorite. It is a um, good song. Songs. But I love, see, for one thing, everybody who puts this song on the internet by itself, they always cut it off too early. And and that always makes me sad. Like in my version of my MP3 that I recorded, um, the song actually continues through the guy saying, you know, you're listening to the Misfits and we're taking over because that's when the actual music ends and it's right. like a, a nice button right before you go to commercial and and it's really yeah. cool and like like them being in the background but this is such a cool song because like it has like an excellent you know sound to it and and there's like the whole that thing that's really cool and and um like the the soaring notes that Pizzazz is singing all of that is just really cool yeah. I love the song. The video's kind of dumb, but... The video's, yeah, the video's kind of dumb, but I'm glad you brought that up because I was reading earlier on the Gem Trivia wiki here that the song Listen Up was intended to run longer, but due to the episode being condensed, the song was cut short, like, like you said, and the dialogue was layered over top of the song, which is a very clever way of doing that. Yeah, they're doing a lot of more interesting things with music uh, in these past few episodes than they've done you right. know previously and so yeah i i just like it because it does it yeah the end of that song just it is really when that guy is like crowing over what's going on and then you have that nice button at the end like that's really the end of the song and whenever i put together a playlist of gem and the holograms and misfits songs i usually like to group all the hologram songs first and then all the misfit songs and i always put this song right at the beginning of the misfits because they're taking over interesting after gem and the hologram so I, that's I like my that idea. that's my nerdery for tonight gem enters the studio to ask what is going on and we hear the misfits music playing in the background when gem asks if anything can be done elzer explains they're only broadcasting at 1000 watts and whoever is jamming their signal must be operating at 10,000 watts or more Elzer decides to call in for emergency help, which of course is the FCC in this case. And the FCC arrive with special equipment to try and isolate the jamming signal. Because if the if it's the one thing the FCC hates, it's the misfits playing on all the radio stations. Their number one enemy. Right? Meanwhile, the college students are overwhelmed by angered sponsors that want their money back because of the misfits music that's being played on KGEM. 
Jerrica tells Rio and the FCC that she's going to try and figure out who's behind the sabotage. We see Jerrica get in the Rock and Roadster and drive to Misfits Music. Now, does this mean if the sponsors are angry because they're hearing Misfits Music, does that mean that the station's only playing Holograms Music? Which is odd. No, no, it's just that they, well, as one sponsor said, we didn't pay to have our advertisements next to the Misfits. I don't know. Or maybe the it's their accent, reputation. It was really bad. Right. Like somebody was really mad specifically about it being the Misfits. But also just like there were no commercial breaks. It was just the Misfits songs over and over and over and over again. And that was really more of the problem because they're like, where's our advertisement that was supposed to play after Gem and the Holograms played their terrible song? Yeah. We paid good money to have our commercial follow that terrible song. <laughs> Jerrica barges into Eric Raymond's office and demands to know who's jamming KGM's signal. But Eric seems just as clueless as Jerrica and explains the misfits were supposed to be on KBST. After explaining the situation, Jem tells Eric that even he is not dumb enough to involve himself with a pirate radio station broadcast. And so she drags him out of the right. office to pay a visit to Adrian Lassiter. Really? Right. Do you and really put that past him? him? No, no, no. She dragged him, though. Yeah. That was amazing. Like, she grabbed oh, his tie and she was like, sir, come with me. But, well, I mean, we'll, we can talk about this at the end of the episode. But I think that given what happens at the end of the episode, perhaps Jerrica is right that a pirate radio broadcast is a step too far for Eric Raymond because Eric Raymond will plot to have you killed kidnapped, drowned, run over by a bulldozer, but you notice he doesn't go to jail for those things. Right. Because maybe that's easier to cover up than just pirating a radio frequency. Right. Considering that they have, I mean, they just proved that the FCC has equipment to try to, to find out who is actually doing this. Jerrica and Eric confront Adrian Lassiter about being responsible for the pirate radio broadcast, but he denies any involvement with the ploy and proves they have no evidence since Kite never mentioned KBST was responsible. And even so, Jem vows to take him down, and Adrian says he looks forward to being her enemy. What a dick. So here's the thing. Well, yeah, he is a dick. But also, we never see this man again. <laughs> and I'm like, he was taken he out. Was never heard from again. He's <laughs> been taken out. So, because I was just thinking, like, wouldn't it have been interesting if he had become like a secondary antagonist? That could have been. He's like, ah, I'm gonna take Jim and the holograms down. I've transferred my my decades long grudge from that radio guy to Jerrica Benton. You know, <laughs> right? And was like always like trying to mess up their radio play or something. But you're right. He made because like we do never see him again. He never is a problem again. Perhaps Eric Raymond was like, you know what? My father is better at this than you. And if I tell my father that you were just the worst, perhaps he will take you down. Like perhaps he'll be like, you're trying to mess with my son with your sad mafia tactics of sending dudes who were just transformed from a rat into a person yesterday. After him, I'll cut you. Maybe. Do you think Eric was born with those perfectly sculpted evil eyebrows? No, I think Eric learned about threading way before <laughs> lots of uh, women in New York learned about it. Yeah. He's a pioneer. An early He's pioneer. He's a pioneer in threading. Maybe that was actually like a business for him that actually panned out. He opened up a brow bar. I could see it. I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. <laughs> the FCC is having a hard time finding the source signal. It's almost as if the signal is coming out of thin air, which triggers Rio to mention McDuffie's plane, which, surprise, surprise, has been flying around overhead all day because that's not suspicious. That's not. And also, at this point, since they've been doing this for hours... Shouldn't the FAA also be involved? Like, shouldn't somebody I agree. in the fake Los Angeles LAX tower be going, why is there a plane circling a radio station? I'm pretty in the sure that's illegal. I'm pretty right? sure that's illegal. They have not moved. Somebody send the Air Force yeah. to find out what's going on. 
Elzer suggests the plane's engine could be supplying the necessary power for the pirate radio signal. So Rio runs off to put a stop to it. And Jem and the holograms are concerned, of course, because they have no idea what he's going to do. And it's probably dangerous, whatever he what? has planned. That so <laughs> they head to the airport to try and stop him. And of course, Rio decides that he uh, wants to try and take down McDuffie by flying on a head-on collision course. But it does end up working because McDuffie lands the plane and the police are waiting to arrest him and the misfits. See? And rejoice, rejoice, Jim fans, because this is the first time we've seen the misfits arrested for illegal action. They are going to jail. They're going the to jail. Are going to jail. This is why I said, like when when Jerica says, even you aren't this too, because right, because the police showed up immediately. The police don't show up immediately when children are missing or kidnapped. The police don't show up immediately when somebody tries to jump off the roof of Starlight Mansion. The police don't show up immediately when Roxy tries to bulldoze small children. But you have some pirate radio going on. They will come for you and they will get you and they will put you in handcuffs and take you to jail. Yeah, it just shows where their priorities lie, which is kind of messed up. But I'm surprised that nobody arrested Rio because I can't believe that that like flying at another like once right. again, where is the FAA? Like yeah, the well, is here. They we tried to... they're doing. Where is the FAA? <laughs> they they made an exception in this case, I guess. It's pretty far fetched. One government though. agency at a time. Yeah, well, the Misfits actually claim innocence here because they didn't realize they were taking part in a pirate radio broadcast, which is actually true in this case for once. Jerica feels bad for them as they are innocent for once. Rio offers to help get them out of jail, but not until the next day. So I guess they get to spend the night with who else? Who else knows? They're going to be, I mean, who, who else are they going to be sharing a cell with? They're going to be in a cell with a woman named Big Bertha and another woman named Mouse. And Pizzazz is going to be like, move over that cot. I want the, the top bunk of that bed. And Big Bertha will snatch her up by her green hair and she will say, this is my top bunk. And, and the B word will get thrown around a lot. Um, Jetta will try to escape because she's so skinny by just slipping through the bars of the jail. Um, and, you know, Roxy and Stormer will huddle in a corner for safety. And Pizzazz is going to get beat up in jail by a woman named Big Bertha. I just really feel that that is what's going to happen. Somebody please write me that fanfic. That sounds plausible. Somebody write the fanfic of what happens when the misfits spend a night in jail. Well, we wrap with KGM resuming its regular programming as Mondo makes the announcement. And the last music video from Jim and the Holograms is, of course, KGM, the title of this episode. What did you think of the song and the video? I've never liked this song. No? I mean, it's I've just never mad. really been into it. It's all right, but I've just never really been into it. Yeah. Um, the video, I mean, it's it's there. It describes what's going on. I particularly love that, like, especially since Netflix's um, preview image for this episode is the the tennis game that gets rained out when they talk about the sports and weather. And at first, I was like, "What? What is? When is that scene? Who understand? Who was playing tennis?" I actually like that line about the sports and weather. I thought it was it was like a good rhyme and so relevant. I also well, there's one aspect of the video I did like, which was. You know, first we see like a dude with a boombox bopping down the street, and I'm like, "Wow, this is so '80s! Like, this is so '80s! It hurts." And then there, we have another scene where he's like bopping down the street, and a bunch of other people are also bopping down the street, and they all have these various means of listening to the radio, and it's like sort of this big, like big picture. This is what people were doing at this time, listening to the radio through their boomboxes or their Walkman or their transistor radios or da, 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 all these things. And they're all coming, they're all sorts of different kinds of people all coming together to listen to the radio. And I'm like, oh, this is a love letter to radio. This entire episode is a love letter. Yeah, absolutely. We may never see anything like that again. Maybe a love no, letter to podcast. You have podcast. to write your love letters to podcast. Yeah, you have to write a love letter to podcast now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, any other closing comments on this episode? What do you think? Good episode? 
Yeah, this is a good episode. It has some weird moments, but it's pretty good. And it contains one of my favorite Misfits songs. And so that's okay. And it's a love letter to radio. And that makes me happy. I don't know about this penis measuring contest that's going on between Rio and these other dudes. That's never really resolved. But you know what it made me think? It made me think, I can't wait until Riot shows up. <laughs> this is like That'd be the good. precursor. Is that season three? Shows up. It's or, season three. Oh, okay. And oh my God. That'll be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It is going to be such a mess. It's going to be such a damn mess. It'll be a hot mess. That's what it's going to be. Yes. You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I am here with K Tempest, Bradford, and unfortunately, Aline has been absent in this episode, and we miss her very much, and, and hopefully she makes a return next week. Come back. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you can find all of K Tempest Bradford's work at our website, and the best way to do that is go to ktempestbradford.com. You'll find her writing, links to her YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to the Tempest Challenge or the Tempest Book Challenge, as you call it, and links to her social media. Follow her on Twitter at Tiny Tempest, and check out her new podcast, which is on our network called The Right Gear, W-R-I-T-E which is a show about geeky things like pens and writing tools and interviews with authors and interesting people. Anything else you wanted to say about the new show? It's the best. It's the best. Wow. That is some testimonial. Completely trustworthy. The best. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, just recently, because I did uh, the last couple of episodes have been about uh, distractions and how to eliminate distractions. And I've had a lot of people who've been like, thank you so much for that podcast about distractions because, oh my God, distractions. And I was like, yes, I feel the same way. So I wanted to share my distraction-free tips with you. And then the last episode was about the alpha smart. And if you are a person who writes things, you need to go and listen to that episode about the alpha smart. And I can say that famous authors on the Twitter like have been known to use the alpha smart like author holly black is buying an alpha smart because of all the discussion that we were having because of the episode about the alpha smart and author max gladstone is also a person who used to use the alpha smart and author shveta thakrar also was an alpha smart user so all the cool kids all the cool authors are using an alpha smart and you should listen to the episode to find out why Definitely. And I will uh, have to make some time this week to, to listen to that because I too am interested in the Alpha Smart. And uh, I don't know the differences between the various models. Uh, that's something I need to research, but I, I'm sure I'll be much more informed after listening to last week's episode. As far as the Gemcast is concerned, if you'd like to show your support for the show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash hologram radio and uh, pledge a buck or two or whatever you feel comfortable with parting. It's one of the best ways to uh, help us cover our uh, hosting costs, our server costs and all that uh, good stuff as well. And uh, we really cannot do this show without you. So please uh, go to our Patreon page and donate if you can. And you can also subscribe to the show in iTunes and uh, ensure that you get every new episode each and every week. And if you're in iTunes, why not leave us a rating? You can leave us a star rating, five stars, four stars, whatever you feel the show deserves, or leave us a comment. It's actually a great way for other people to discover the show. And you can also head over to hologramradio.org forward slash sponsors. I know I mentioned this on every episode, but I can't stress enough. If you shop at Amazon, please use our Amazon links. We have links for Amazon UK, USA, and Canada. So whatever region you're in, click on those links, and there is literally no extra work on your part. You can continue to buy all the same good stuff that's been building up for months on your wish list, and we get a portion of the sale. You can follow the show on Twitter at Gem Podcast. We're on Facebook at Gem Podcast. If you'd like to check out all the other shows on the network, follow us at Hologram Radio. We're on Instagram at Hologram Radio Shows. And you can send feedback to all of us by sending an email to gemcast.hologramradio.org. Don't be shy. We'd love to listen to your feedback, good or bad. 
It's all good. And all three of us actually get that email. And that is it for this week. Next week, we get to see a little tech rat, Tempest. He's back. Yay. Well, tech rat being back is always great. But that ep- the episode coming up, the Halloween episode, I'm like, hmm, it's not always fun to be scared. Right. It concerns me. I don't actually remember that episode. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to relive that. But we'll talk about that next week. So until then, show's over, Synergy.